Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. This is my favorite time of year because the NFL doesn't have an offseason. You get to the franchise tag deadline. All the reports are coming out. Nothing is official. The tampering is kind of happening behind the scenes. But again, the announcements won't happen until free agency, which is a week away. And I can't wait for that madness for NFL free agency. But we'll start with NFL quarterback contracts that did happen today. Daniel Jones, uh, four-year deal. Right now, it's showing as eighty-two million dollars guaranteed, so a little or about forty million a year, and that's absolutely insane. When you talk about Daniel Jones, if someone would have told you in twenty twenty-three, right before the season started, that Daniel Jones, you didn't see the this past season, would get forty million guaranteed, what would you? What would you, you think? You mean? 40 million a year, 40 million a year, 40, 40 million a year. What was like 90 guaranteed? Um, uh, I don't know because my reaction to that is what, uh, I I've had that reaction this entire time. This isn't like, uh, uh, years ago I thought that, and now I think it's a great move. I don't think it's a great move. (laughs) We'll see. What's the quarterback middle class. Why is it $5 million under Patrick Mahomes per year? I know that some of this is like funny money and it's not real. And, you know, they can cut him after two years, but I don't care. I see that deal and I just think like, man, I just can't imagine paying that knowing you are about as handicapped as the Chiefs are with Patrick Mahomes and being okay with that because you're not going to compete. To compete with like a Chiefs level team, you need to have an advantage somewhere or at least be nearly as good at quarterback and they won't be. I mean, Daniel Jones is in our top five of the NFC quarterbacks didn't even come up. <laughs> I don't know where he would. <laughs> is he above 10? We didn't even, we didn't bring him up and I didn't, I forgot all about him. I wouldn't, I'd, I'd rather have Kirk Cousins. <laughs> sure. I mean, if you were going to choose, I, I would go Kirk too. But the thing is, when a quarterback signs an extension, one of the things I hear is, what's Joe Burrow going to get then? What's Justin Herbert going to get again? We don't know what that number is going to look like. I know Duke talked at the combine. He seemed really optimistic and, you know, had his quotes of saying, um, this is why Joe Burrow is a good quarterback. He really, you know, he he gets kind of what, what goes into the future of this team, this roster and all of that stuff. But we still don't know what it's going to look like when it comes to the deadline. It's not done yet. But just hearing from Duke, he sounded optimistic. There was a quote uh Paul Daner actually said on here that podcast girl and he said any contract signed after March 31st can push the escrow of the guaranteed dollar to the following year so maybe that's why this hasn't been announced yet I know a lot of contract extensions we don't really hear about until training camp uh sometimes preseason and um any NFL extension with the Cincinnati Bengals is done before the season regular season starts so um at the moment I don't know what that looks like for Joe Burrow, but if you're the Cincinnati Bengals and you're looking at some of these numbers that are happening and they know they're going to go up for a lot of quarterbacks who shouldn't get the money that they're getting, 
do you want to get this done before free agency starts? Or is this something that you're like, you know what, we can wait another three weeks if that money can be pushed to another year uh, when it comes to the escrow guaranteed money? I've been saying, I don't think it matters that much to do this before free agency. You probably have in your mind what it's going to cost and you're just trying to hammer out some details. So to me, push it, push the escrow down. It probably depends on what Burrow really wants. Does he want a lot of guarantees? If he does, you push it. If he doesn't, he can get it done now and then have a concrete number. I just, I don't think this team likes to roll over money and I think they will again. So I, I don't think that they are going to spend so much that it's going to have any effect on Burrow's extension, at least for this year. Maybe they need that figured out a little bit for the next couple of years, but to me, I think they have that whole thing in mind and are just, you know, like it's going to cost about this much. And if we're a few million off, that's why we keep so much in reserve uh, or that's, you know, extra money. Who knows? Probably not. <laughs> you know? Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think it matters too much. It seemed like they kind of felt that way because they didn't say he was the priority to get done before everybody else. Um, I don't know if they meant free agency or if they meant other extensions, but that came to mind as a, okay, you know, that's a, they're not too worried, <laughs> which we probably shouldn't be. You have to wonder because obviously these contract discussions are going to happen behind the scenes, but maybe they even have like their own, like, Hey, we're, we're going to agree to this. This isn't finalized yet, but the two sides, the agent, uh, Joe Burrow, the Bengals front office say, you know, this is when it's going to be done. Or these are the few things we're still kind of working out. Like you mentioned when it comes to, um, you know, what, what do the guarantees look like? What's he want to get, you know, this season or what's he want to get um, the following year and, and just kind of the outlook of the contract. It's going to be really telling for me, personally when I see the length of it if it's a long-term contract like a Patrick Mahomes or if it's a four to five year contract um I think that's what I'm really going to be looking for more than the numbers because Joe Burrow deserves every penny one thing that that's um, a little interesting here and maybe it's just a coincidence because players are in Cincinnati a lot T Higgins he's currently in Cincinnati right now um you wonder if those contract extension talks are happening. That might be something that they focus on for next season when they begin the Jamar Chase discussions too. But, hey, it doesn't hurt to go ahead and get those started, at least start the conversation with uh, T. Higgins' side. But we do not know anymore when it comes to the guys who are up for contract extensions, if that's going to happen. I think next week is so big when it comes to their own free agents. And we've talked about it before, kind of what that outlook's going to look like. For me personally, I think your biggest guy is Von Bell. You want to make sure that he is extended. If Von Bell isn't extended, I'm not going to lie. I'll be a little nervous about the safety room. <laughs> well, they might. I assume they'll at least try to bring in a Von Bell-like player, although they won't know the system and you won't be as confident to project their abilities to perform at the same level as what they were able to do before. So I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm into the Von Bell thing. I did just get like the Google phone has like little news things that it seems like you're interested in. And it, it had one come up and it was like uh, a Broncos, like player watch Von Bell. And I was like, stay away. <laughs> Whoa. I'm not interested. Google. You only got half of it. I'm interested in Von Bell, not the Broncos signing. See, they're, they're always, it's always listening. It's always listening to us. Um... I, I mean, I think it's using, <laughs> I think it's using like my, search history or something i don't think it's 
It could just be listening. I talk a lot about it, but I assume I've Googled just Bob Bell before. And I'm like, ah, it knows I'm a Bengals fan. I Google all types of weird Bengals stuff. Like, I'm always looking at the 2000 whatever Bengals, and they know I'm a fan. I want to go to the combine talk now because that was uh, that just felt like a lot of people had a different opinion. We've talked about it on our February podcast. We said, look, your mind is going to change after the combine. Mine's going to change after pro days. Mine's going to change after the NFL draft or right before the NFL draft when free agency is happening. Um, And I think a lot of people change their mind on a few players. I'll be completely honest with you when it comes to the tight end room. Um, it really feels like that is going to be a major focus for the Cincinnati Bengals. Look, they only have Mitch Wilcox under contract right now, so it's tr- extremely important to make sure that you either bring Hayden Hurst back or maybe this is a guy you get where you can get a tight end the first or the second round or maybe even the third round. Um, we've talked about the discussions and what that really means when the front office is meeting with the player at the combine. Does that mean anything informal, formal, um, in the long term? Are they just trying to find more information out? But Michael Mayer? Had a lot of good things to say about Hootay Stadium, as they like to call call it. And he said that he would like to catch footballs from Joe Burrow. And then you look at the other tight ends that they met with, um, their numbers, what they were able to do on the field. And I felt like it kind of changed Bengals fans' mindset on, on what tight end they were looking for, which one they wanted. When you saw the numbers, the 40 times, all of that fun stuff from the combine, what did you think of the tight end room? And did your mind change? <laughs> So I think the big one is what Darnell Washington getting a 99 RAS score. He ran like a four, you run a four, six, five, 40. He, he even killed the short shuttle, which actually surprised me. The other number is somewhat surprising, not overly surprising. I was like, but you know, he's not that fluid. He's not a guy you watch and you go like, wow, look at him. Like cut real makes a hard cut here and he's fully in control and stuff. He's got baby deer legs sometimes, where <laughs> You know, he's got a lumber in, he's, he's fall, not falling over, but you know, just kind of like, he's not moving as well as I feel like he should be. Cause he's like six foot eight and 280 pounds. It makes sense. So him to do a short shuttle in less than four seconds, I believe, or at least it was one of the top numbers. Crazy. Uh, that's the one that's really intriguing. It shows maybe he has but for the future. I think he performed better at the combine than he looked on film, which is a good and also something to keep in mind that maybe that's not how he actually is. Uh, But then Michael Mayer only is an above average athlete, which is what he looked like on film. That's the thing. It's like not shocking. It's like, yeah, that's, that's what he looked like. I don't, I don't understand the big deal. The, The reason to get him is not because he's some insane athlete. The reason to get him is production and technique and, um, what he can become. So I think that turns some people off of him. And I know there's some people out there that only want to do elite athletes and 99 RAS scores and whatnot. I still have Michael Mayer slightly ahead of Washington. I always thought Washington was going underrated because he's, I think the only tight end I'd feel good about putting in line every snap and letting him block. Even guys that like are getting called baby Gronk and, you know, whatever it's like they're not i don't know I, I, michael Mayer's fine at blocking but i wouldn't trust him in line to do all that stuff and notre dame didn't they brought in a bigger guy to do that stuff and he would be off ball to go uh run across and block somebody on the backside. so that yeah 
for tight ends, it didn't change my mind too much. It made me wonder who Zach Kuntz is for the most part. That's that's the main one. He he is supposedly the most athletic of all time with his 100 RAS score. And then there's a few other guys that perform really well that I haven't watched. I just watched um, Sam Laporta for the first time. He performed pretty well. And I just watched Tucker Craft for the first time. He performed pretty well. And neither one of them looked. I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to be seeing for some of these tight ends, but, you know, like, they look like good athletes. Neither None of them look like Darren Waller out there to me. All right, this is what you're going to try to see. The Bengals are in the red zone, and it's second and 10. Joe Burrow out there. All of his wide receivers are out there. Which tight end from the combine or in college is going to catch the touchdown pass in the red zone? Which one do you trust? Uh... Mayor's only 6'4. I think that was, and he has short arms. That was a surprising thing, but I trust him. Um, don't think I could trust Washington to come down with that ball right now. He's very raw as a pass catcher, even though he's an awesome everything else. Definitely trust uh, Dalton Kincaid. 1.6 career drop percentage. Insane. Next closest is 4.3. So more than half or less than half of that. Um, and that might be it of guys I would I would just trust to be a good enough receiver to get out there, get open their first year and make that catch. It's pretty much just Mayer and Kincaid, I think. And that's why they're two of the guys you want to discuss in the first round. And then the reason you're not discussing Washington in the first round is because you're not in second and ten because he blew somebody up and you're in second and three. <laughs> that's true. That's true. When people talk about Washington and they bring up offensive line, they're like, he's like an offensive lineman, but he's a tight end. I'm like, oh, he is, no. He's the only one I've watched that I actually feel that way. Like you could make a strong argument that he was the best blocker on Georgia for Georgia. And they got a first round prospect at left tackle. That's see, that's when I heard that discussion this past weekend and they, and they talked about him and I'm not, I'm not trying to get too hyped because um, I don't want the combine to be like one of those. Just things think about like, his receiving if you don't want to get too hyped. <laughs> yeah. Because we talked about that on the podcast when you first watched his tape and Michael Mayer and we were doing the comparison, you were like, okay, do you want somebody who's ready right now or someone who's going to take a little bit time when we think of the mm -hmm. tight end possession or position and catching the football. And I was like, no, I want someone right now. I don't want a, a developmental piece, but I, but at the same time, he has traits that I really want on this team. When I think of the offensive line, when I think of blocking, I'm like, wait a minute, they need a tight end like that. Right. They don't need Michael Mayer. Well, if to, they sign. Yeah. If yeah, they're if there. They Hurst, if they sign Hurst, they don't need Michael Mayer. Yeah. For this year. But if they don't, they don't, they don't really have a guy that can do they, what they actually would. <laughs> they actually would need them. I expect them to sign a free agent tight end just because most of these guys take time to develop. I think Mayer is a plug and play. That's the advantage of him is right in there. It's almost like when the Steelers, you know, they drafted Fryermuth and plug play, he's going the entire time. And like it's not elite level play, at least yet, but he plug and play and he's a starting level tight end. That's good to have. Um, not to say Mayer's not better than Firemuth was as a prospect. I think he is, but uh, that's a similar idea where they both come in pretty ready to go. While Washington, he'll play, but he's not going to catch a lot. You know, <laughs> you you bring him in, he's probably going to be blocking <laughs> for the most part. And then, uh, I mean, there's stuff you could do with that to get him the ball. And he is good with the ball in his hands. He hurdles a guy. That was 
pretty sick. Although I always get nervous about this. Tight ends like to hurdle people. I have no idea why. Like out of every position group, tight ends are the guys that think they're invincible. Wasn't it like 37-year-old Vernon Davis trying to hurdle people for the uh, Washington football team? <laughs> I was like, dude, you're way too old to be doing this. Yeah. I mean, Hayden Hurst did that a lot. Yeah. It would make me so nervous. Um, I'm not when, Her- when Hurst just puts his head down, he's just running people over. It's great. And then once in a while, he gets the, he gets the idea, like, I'm going to jump this guy. <laughs> it's like, no, Hayden's both, well, at least keep a foot on the ground. <laughs> They're not both going up. There's actually more I want to get into with the tight end position and some of these prospects, offensive line, running back, and then we'll try to get to the defensive side of the ball from the combine next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.